We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. Thursday morning edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready here with you this morning. We will look at the weekend of college football Neil's picks up on the site at rebelgrove.com. You can fade the hell out of me this week <laughs> as uh, you are making your uh, picks. Jeffrey Wright will join us, as always, on Thursday here in just a, uh, a couple minutes to talk college football and whatever else suits our fancy for, I don't know, a little over a half hour, 40 minutes, something like that, with Jeffrey prior to him going on the Jeff Calkins show at 9 o'clock. So that's kind of the, uh, you made the, the mistake. Setup. You made the mistake last week of thinking too much. Well, if if Campbell and Greg show us anything, it's don't think, <laughs> don't think. just pick. Yes, don't think. There's a point. It, it, gambling is one of the few things where it is possible to know too much about a subject. It is. Where you can just go. Yeah. Instead of somebody goes, oh, Alabama's good. They win. Okay. Because like, over, the, over the long haul, you're going to win more than you lose if you just roll with Alabama. It's like the five-decade stock market. Like, yeah, you might have some bad days, but just yeah. just, just throw it in the SP and let it go. And that's what's going to happen. Exactly. So, you know. Exactly. And don't look at your anything. Just let it ride. Yes, so. don't dig. Yes. So, anyway, that's where we are. Um, struggled with that again this week, but tried to get a little better. So, we'll see what happens uh, here as uh, as Saturday gets here. Ole Miss and Tulsa 3 o'clock from Walt Hemingway Stadium for that one. So, uh, before Jeffrey joins us, tell you about – the Oxford Exxon, Blue Sky location, speaking of the football game, they're giving away an official Ole Miss game day football jersey. They're doing that for every home football game this season, including Saturday. So when you go in, you make a purchase, you can sign up. Each individual purchase allows you to sign up that many times. So easy way to get a lot of sign-ups there from the Blue Sky here in Oxford. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. Uh, it's 662-257-1900 is the number. I was calling. I talked to uh, Corey Clark just yesterday, as a matter of fact. Make the call. Uh, ask Corey about what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's a weird <clears throat> car buying uh, market right now because sometimes it's kind of hard to find cars. So uh, get in touch with Corey. Let him help you. 662-257-1900. Jeffrey Wright. Others will join on the uh, Rafters Music and Food Hotline. 
today as we have a busy day at MPW Digital. Get started with Jeffrey in a minute. Um, Raptor's a great place to, if you're coming up this weekend for the Tulsa game, next weekend for Kentucky, just whatever, make it a part of your weekend, stop by, uh, grab a burger, a po' boy, an appetizer, have a beer, whatever the case may be. Uh, the college kids will take it over a little later in the evening, but if you're in there before that, you can enjoy yourself at Rafters, also uh, Rafters in New Albany. So we'll go to uh, Jeffrey in a second again. Yeah, as Neil said, busy day. You can, uh, if you're on RebelGrove.com, you can read that full schedule there um, in multiple ways. Some stuff going on today at Rebel Grove and MBW Digital. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's grab Jeffrey Wright on the Raptors Music and Food. Bye-bye. All right, we, we've got a we've got an issue here. What's our issue? Um, I had myself at four and six last week. <laughs> I'll have to go back and look. I, 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 here's the here's the God's honest truth to that. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. Sunday was an effing whirlwind, dude. I was doing the best I could. There, so it, it Jeffrey's is, like, I sucked, oh, but I didn't suck about that your much. Sunday. Uh-uh. Your Sunday was not worse than mine. <laughs> well, I didn't say that my Sunday was worse than yours. I just said Did that- you wake up at 8.30 and hear your wife immediately start complaining about our flight being delayed at San Francisco and we were going to be stuck in California forever and then have one decision to make, which is... I guess I'm going to have to drive all the way to L.A. seven hours south in a rainstorm in California, which doesn't exist, just so you can fly home? At least 8.30 there is 10.30 here. You slept in. Yeah, you slept in. You you arrested. (laughs) (laughs) Do you realize how miserable your existence is when you wake up and you decide, you know what the the best scenario is for me? To drive from Sonoma to L.A. to catch a flight? That sucks. Yes. So I don't want to hear about your Sunday. Did you at least take the the scenic route down the down Highway One? Oh hell no. We took the we took the. <laughs> took oh, the this is the part of California. This is when you want to know who were the twenty or you know fifteen million people that voted for Trump. Yeah, we went that route. What when would you have gotten out had you stuck with the original plan? So it would have literally been a coin toss at best. The flight landed as we were, Ali and I were in our seats boarded as the flight landed. It was in a different terminal. LAX does not really have, it's not really easy to go from terminal to terminal at LAX. Mm -hmm. So it was, at best, we would have gotten on, at best, it's like we we get on the flight, but there was a 0% chance our bags make it. Gotcha. Which means you might as well throw the luggage anywhere. Were your golf clubs on the trip? They were. Okay. They were. So, in the end, we we made the decision that guaranteed us getting home. That drive sucks. It's miserable. It's such a miserable drive. The drive from San Francisco to L.A. is miserable, and then you tack on another 90 minutes before it. It's just it's a miserable drive. Yeah, I've, I've made that drive. Um, I did it with... People, everyone asleep in the car, and they wanted to do the scenic route. So we did the scenic route, and then they all fell asleep. And the scenic route was, it was scenic, but man, some of the turns and the hills and stuff is like, whoa. The grapevine's one of the all-time worst. Like, once you get, it's like, it's basically like right to get into L.A., like either getting in or out of L.A., it's the worst. I had totally forgot, because I haven't done it in like a decade, 
I had totally forgotten how much I hate that drive. And I was quickly reminded. You're also missing NFL Sunday during all this, too. Well, I did have... Well, it, I wouldn't have had to miss NFL Sunday, but uh, did you see DirecTV have to issue the apologies about the Sunday ticket app? Oh, no, I didn't know this. Yeah, something oh, about, yeah, no, something it, about it, Red the Zone. The Sunday ticket app like fa- failed on, on Sunday, which was awesome, by the way. It's not like I really cared that much. I don't really enjoy my NFL Sunday. It's not, it's not like something I look forward to all week. <laughs> Your Giants are going to go 3-0 and on Sunday. Uh, Monday. Oh, Monday, sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know, man. That cowboy defense is still pretty good. Now, did I spend thirty minutes or so on Monday, perhaps writing out the schedule and making lines for the rest of the year to see if I could find a way to like nine and eight and maybe backdoor into that seven seed? I did. You know why? Because I'm two and up. And this hasn't happened in a very long time, and I'm going to enjoy it. Jones is playing better. They have they're doing the they're doing the move where they don't ask him to do anything, yeah. and he's only made one real screw up. the The throw to Saquon against the Titans was like the big screw up. I still like Dable ripped him on the sideline. I still understood what he was thinking. Saquon was running a wheel. The DB had leverage on him. And so he threw what he thought was going to be the throw behind. And Saquon just kept running. So I don't think it was a thousand percent Daniel's fault. With that being said, like, you can't throw a pick there. Like, I understand that. But he's been like, they've not asked him to do literally anything. Yeah, and he's been good at not doing anything. Yes, which, which and, and he is still a good enough athlete to run around. Yeah, but like. You know, uh, there's this feels like a, a team. Dable Dable feels like he is he understands the situation of like this isn't the guy that he wants to be his quarterback. But at the same time, like you have to play and be competitive this year. And I, I you know, I do think through two games, the most encouraging thing is it does feel like we've got a coach. Well, that's true. That's fair. Oh, you're doing the right thing. You're two and zero. You you have to look. I was a Saints fan for a long time. Where they're always going to go five hundred. You have to do that if you're going to do anything. You have to enjoy the two and zero. Listen, I'm down. so sick of having games not matter. Yeah. Like once October starts, I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah. Fair. Am I crazy to think that this Clemson minus seven at Wake Forest game of the year is free money? Game of the year. I freaking love it. I don't think Wake can do anything against Clemson's defense at all. Yet, yet here's my here's my concern. And I'm, I, I, I can't help but kind of like Dabo a little bit. He, he's fine. But he, he, lately I don't trust him enough to, like, finish somebody. His team, his team offensively is kind of weird. Yeah, so game of the year, and here's why. I, Clemson's offense is, is not good. But I don't think it's as bad as it was last year. And last year, this was the same thing. Like, this is a game that I look forward to betting every single year because everyone talks themselves into Wake Forest. But the problem with Wake Forest is that little ride and decide, slow zone fake and whatnot, that works against teams that don't have the big boys up front. And there's really not that many teams that have those. Well, Clemson is one of those. Yes. 
Bunch my own, my biggest concern is Clemson's been a little shaky in the secondary. They've been kind of gambly in which like they're trying to get turnovers and so they they've gotten they've gotten kind of burned. But if Liberty could put up, you know, 37 on them, what do you think Clemson's going to do? So, and to Jeffrey's point here, since 2012, and I get that Clawson has not had them rolling since then. The scores in this series, all Clemson wins. 42 13, 56 7, 34 20, 33 13, 35 13, 28 14, 63 3, 52 3, 37 13, 48 27. Yeah, sign me up. Well, and the other thing is Clemson's going to be able to run on them. Yeah, I think so too. <clears throat> I just think this is an athlete deal that, yep. as good as Clawson is, and I think he's really, really good. He can't do this for yeah. him. Hey, speaking of uh, of of coaches in in um, underrated places. Oh yes. Chase. Oh Jesus Christ! Listen, I'm working really hard on something, Jeffrey, and I I I, I might need your help. Oh God! There, there's a lot. <laughs> Is this of, going where I think it's going? There's a lot oh, of talk. Probably. There's a lot Is of it talk. Going to a Thai massage parlor in Starkville? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. There, there's a lot of talk about Auburn. Right, and Brian Harson's in trouble, and Hugh, sure. Hugh Freeze makes sense. Blah 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 blah. I'm so tired of hearing it. Doesn't Hugh Freeze make the most sense at Mississippi State? I mean, look, they they blew it. They choked the bit uh, in Baton Rouge. Are, are we are we answering this question completely ignoring? Like, are you saying like if Hugh Freeze were just a candidate? Jeff, Jeffrey, think about MPW Digital. The W stands I, for right. I know, but I, I'm, what I'm saying is I don't know how you can do Like, So to your point, Blake Topmeyer and I kind of discussed this over the summer when we were both bored. Dan Mullen coaching candidate, if Kiffin were to leave, Dan Mullen coaching candidate kind of makes sense at Ole Miss. Like offensive scheme guy, uh, you know, isn't isn't talent dependent. Why do you have to and, make this so complicated? And Hugh Freeze, coaching candidate, makes sense at Mississippi State. Yeah. He's with, that being said, with that being said, neither place could bring themselves to do it. Look, Neil believes also, John Cohen could way, grit his are, teeth and get this done. You, are you firing Mike Leach at two and one? Um, I, I can look. Hey, look, if you can take the giant schedule and find a playoff spot, I can take the Mississippi State schedule and find chaos, right? Right, but can't we do that with every team, with the exception of two of them? Um, do they fire Mike Leach at five and seven with a third straight loss to Ole Miss? Fair question. Well, I don't think anyone has ever survived three straight losses to Ole Miss, have they? I don't believe so. You guys would know that history. Better and now than it me. hasn't happened in a while, but yeah, I don't think so. I, I believe the answer is no one has ever had that. Okay. So answer his question. Five and seven, he's he's done. (laughs) He said, "I don't think anyone's ever survived." So he's done. So tell me, at five and seven, three straight losses, you're desperate in that scenario. Ole Miss probably goes minimum eight and four, wins the Egg Bowl, headed to a bowl game, maybe headed to a really good bowl game. We'll we'll start to learn more about that next week. We'll talk about it in a minute. But in that scenario, you're a little desperate. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah, I think the problem that Hugh's going to have as a candidate now, Hugh does not have an elite scheme anymore. So you're having to deal with 
okay, he doesn't have the elite scheme anymore, then you're having to deal with the complications of of the off the field baggage. And it was a long time ago. It's just a single indiscretion. Listen, if it happens, I'm here for it too. I'm not going to ruin your party, <laughs> but I'm also the guy that I've told you this, and Chase knows it too. I don't have fear of missing out. I have fear of buying in. It's it's part of the wrestling fan in me. I don't like when people come up with good ideas for wrestling because I know they don't happen. Yeah. And so, therefore, I don't want to get my hopes up on something like this that would be an absolute delight to watch. It would just be spectacular. I, I mean, I've talked From to, a content perspective, you can't ask for anything more. No, it's it. I would have to, when the football gods came down next time, I would just not ask questions. I would just praise them. Now, I would be curious about this because I don't think you're you're thinking like this. I have I have a good amount of Mississippi State friends. I'm not sure you'd get buy-in on that. Yeah, I have one buddy, and I know everyone always says, "Well, well, once he becomes your coach, he's your coach." I've got one guy that's had season tickets since he graduated, and he's like, "I will not renew my tickets." Real quick, the only time it's happened is Wade Walker, but it was in 1956 to 61, and that's when Ole Miss won every damn year. So they were just constantly fighting, and, and even that had a tie in like a year that sort of kind of reset a little. So bit. Wade sort of saved himself with a tie. Sort of, yeah, kind of. It was like loss, 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 tie, loss, loss, or something. Well, like I remember, like one of the, yeah. Archie said, Archie said, like one of his worst losses of his life was a tie to Mississippi yeah. State. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um. You, so you think these state fan base would I'm not? A, but I'm going to say this. <laughs> I remember hating Jim Edmonds. I hated Jim Edmonds. He'd go make the fancy plays in center field for the Cardinals, and he'd kind of strut around, and I hated him. And then he became a Cub, and he helped the Cubs win in 2008, and I was all in on Jim Edmonds. Yeah, I think it's different with a player. Could be. I think also in professional sports it's different because the problem in college is the system we've created is that the coach is the program, and it's like he becomes de facto like head of everything. Like It's one thing to... It's one thing to kind of go, you know what? I hated this guy when he was on your team, but now that he's on my team, okay, I, I can I can divorce myself. But I just think college sports particularly is such a different thing where the coach becomes like the head of everything. So not to spend too much more time on freeze because I do want to get to some of these games. But And also, if you're Mississippi State, do you really want to hire the guy that your biggest rival has all the receipts on? Except for the fact that, and I mean this sincerely, as long as Lane Kiffin's at Ole Miss, I just don't think Ole Miss cares. Well, I, I, I would agree with you on that. I also think that time, whatever time heals, heals all wounds. We've seen pretty clearly. Like I, I've been the one that has been saying I don't believe he is a real candidate at all these jobs. I still think seventeen million dollars is a lot of baggage. It is. It's a lot of baggage. I, I will. I will believe Hugh Freeze getting hired at Auburn, even though I know it's. I know he's real on their list, and I know that there's real interest in him. I will believe in it happening when I see it. Um, let's touch on some of these games because there are some really interesting games. We'll start with this one. Look, it's a bad game, but it's a really interesting game if you like drama and soap operas and 
I think for the most part we all do. Missouri gets six and a half. Uh, I was saying, are you going to the Sophie's Choice game of the year? Yeah. It, this is it, man. Missouri plus six and a half at Auburn. Uh, Finley's not going to play. I talked to Jay yesterday on G Pits. That's up where you listen to podcasts. Jay's like, yeah, he's kind of hurt, but that's not all of it. They, they're basically just bailing on him. Um, well, they didn't want to play him to begin with. You no, know, and Calzada's hurt, so they're going to play uh, Ashford and the freshman. They, the, yeah. the freshman who hasn't ever taken a college snap has been getting number one reps this week. Is it is it inconceivable that Missouri wins this game? I don't think you can say anything right now with Auburn's inconceivable. I mean, aren't they on quit watch? Yes, in September. Mm. But the problem is, has anyone gotten a look at Missouri? Yeah, I, I can't get the see. I watched when you guys were all watching um, Texas and 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 uh, Alabama, and you were watching um, Arkansas and South Carolina. I was glued to the Missouri thing because it was like watching a train wreck. They got they got just destroyed, destroyed by Kansas State. And I know transitive property, but then Kansas State turns around and gets whipped by Tulane, and you're like, whoa, Mizzou must. The one the one problem is. Missouri basically got hammered by K-State because K-State was able to run on them. There is one thing that I think Auburn can do pretty well. I still think they can run the ball. Like last week, it's a blowout on the scoreboard. It wasn't as big of a blowout like on down to down. The problem was Auburn Auburn got into the red zone and I think got six points. I think they got to the red zone five times and got six points. And I think Penn State got to the red zone five times and got 31. So this is like, this is one of those games where it's like, I don't know what I would rather do. And like, because on one hand, how is Auburn favored by a touchdown against anyone right now? Because Mizzou's pretty bad. And so that's kind of the, that's kind of my question. But one thing that, Drinkwitz kind of has been pretty good at is taking advantage of a lifeless a lifeless name brand and beating them. Like year one, remember he beat LSU before we knew that LSU thing was about to become a dumpster fire? Oh, that's true, he did, yeah. Last year, he beat Florida. I remember he did the whole Dan Mullen, you know, Vader thing, making fun of the, the Vader thing. So I do remember that. This does feel kind of like that that moment. But I, I don't feel confident in saying like, oh, like this. This truly was to me like, I don't know what I would rather do. What I, because I don't know how Auburn's favored by a touchdown. But at the same time, it's like, I, I don't, I don't know if I can take it. So like, I ended up just taking the points. Missouri's offense is horrible. I mean, they were struggling against Abilene last week. Yeah, this is this is the game also, and this is the psychological part of it. And this is probably me doing exactly what I just. Uh, told Chase you shouldn't do. Drinkwitz has no chance at the Auburn job, but there's one person on earth who thinks that he does have a chance at that job, and that's Eli Drinkwitz. And he is, I promise you, going to take this and treat it as an audition. That, that might that might backfire on him, but I guess he, he spent time is he on this game. Removed play. enough from the Gus thing? Uh, yeah, he's removed enough from it. He 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 just won't get that job. He's he's not. He would not excite their people enough. 
Yeah, I, I, I'll tell I mean, you. I'll tell you. Who I think who I think Auburn's going to hire. I think they're going to finish the coup and they're going to hire Kevin Steele and they're going to let the, the boosters. So they're going to do. They're going to do what they couldn't do last year. And they're going to say, "Hey, don't ever question our authority." All right, I got another one for you. I don't know if he'd do it, but I'm interested. Would Norvell? Would Norvell take that to to get out of Florida State before you know the Sharks? Because it feels like at Florida State he started three and zero. But it always feels like he's like two losses away from having the Sharks start swimming again. Yeah, he would take the Auburn job. He would take the Auburn job because I think if he had a do-over, he would have taken the Ole Miss job. Because also with him, yes, he has he has Gus ties, but he's gone out and done it on his own and, and, and had some pretty good success. I, I, I wonder about that. What, what excites me the most about this coaching cycle is I'm more curious to see if we start to see people leave. Like last year, we had someone leave the Oklahoma job. We had someone leave the Notre Dame job. I'm more curious to see, are we going to have people leave jobs that we think are good jobs and, and get this thing really spinning? Oh, certainly could. I, don't, I rule nothing out in the coaching business right now. Um, nothing. Because you, the more you talk to people who are familiar with coaches and who know coaches on a pretty personal level, you'll know that, there aren't too many guys that are sitting back going, oh, this is great. Not even about the job that they're in, but just the the, the new lay of the land, the, the constant. Every, well, that's why every don't you good, think Matt Campbell's getting out this year? Uh, I think so, but now he's one that I keep hearing. He really is happy where he is. He's got. I've a, just always wondered about people that are in ACC jobs, people that are in Pac-12 jobs or whatever, Pac-10, I don't know, whatever we're calling it now and Big 12 jobs, I just wonder if they're going to realize, hey, there's two leagues that I've got to get in, and I'm not in one of them. Problem with Matt Campbell is that a place like Auburn, he would lose his mind. The boosters would just drive him insane. Sure. So I, I don't – but who knows? I wasn't even really saying Auburn. Yeah, I was mainly kind of, saying, like, some. does he finally – to me, what I'm more fascinated by is, like, does the – do we start to get people leaving what we think are good jobs again? I'm interested in that, and I'm also interested in with all of the money now, is the window to succeed even shorter, like even smaller? Does Notre Dame, if Marcus Freeman goes four and eight, for example, does Notre Dame go, you know what, this didn't work, we're not going to keep doing this, here's your money, we're going to go get Luke Fitzgerald, isn't he, Matt Isn't Campbell. he recruiting pretty well he is he's recruiting really well but sometimes that overcomes it and sometimes it doesn't i think it could overcome it in year one yeah i mean look i don't think there's a scenario where he loses his job in year one but he needs to win a couple of games speaking of games let me get to a couple more because i know we, got, we can't keep you super long um florida plus nine at tennessee it's the cbs game of the week three thirty eastern two thirty central chase said he followed his gut here and, and took the points. I, you and me both laid him. I, Jeffrey thought about taking the points. Yeah, I, my gut. I've just watched this game so many times. And Florida always wins it. Like, But, man, Tennessee's better than Florida this year. They are. Significantly. Tennessee is better than Florida. The one thing that really scares me, though, I've watched a lot of Tennessee this year. The one weakness I think that they have I don't think like they've they've created like a lot of tackles for loss and whatnot, but they haven't done a good job of keeping quarterbacks in the pocket. 
And I just think that's playing with fire against Richardson. Yeah, because his the way he can beat you is with his feet. He his his correct. His throwing is so inaccurate. How many points does he have to score to cover? 24, 31? Yeah, he's got to get into the twenties, the upper twenties, because Tennessee's going to score. My yeah. gut says high twenties to cover. Yeah. Because I mean, it does feel like Tennessee's going to get to thirty-five, right? It does. I think so. I mean, Hooker's playing really, really well. Really well. The other I mean, thing, we're, we're, not, we're not giving him enough credit the, for just how accurate he's been. The weakness of Florida that I've watched this year is their secondary just lets guys like run free. That's not really a great formula for stopping Tennessee. No, because they've got dudes. They got dudes, and then on top of that, they got dudes that go deep. Um, Arkansas, Texas A&M, the 6 o'clock game. It's a two, two and a half point line. A lot of all the smart people are going with A and M here. I, I just don't know what what they saw last Saturday night against Miami to make them think that the Aggie offense is is going to be able to capitalize on one of the worst secondaries in the country. So I don't know the answer to this. Are those receivers back for A and M? Yeah, I don't know. Not sure it matters. I mean, Johnson was not good last week. I mean, I know I, I read. Some of the homers down there talk about what a great game he had. I'm like, no, he didn't. He was, he was, he was, he was average. He was last, average last at best. Week to me, said more about Miami than it did a And M. Yeah, Van Dyke looked terrible. Yes. I mean, if I'm an NFL team and I'm watching that, I'm out. I'm out right so, there. I'm out. So my my thought was, how is this game any different than last year? Like to me, that this is going to be kind of the same game in which. Neither team's really going to dominate one or the other, and so then it comes down to explosive plays. And last year, Arkansas had three or four like big, big explosive plays. And they're doing that again this year. That's the reason how, that they're three and zero. How can you pick Texas A and M to be the team that gets more explosive plays right now? Yeah, you can't. I'm with you. I'm. I think A and M is a slightly better overall team because I think they have more good players, but. Well, the weakness of Arkansas right now is they're so banged up in the secondary. But how how does how does A and M exploit that? That's that's exactly my point. I mean, you know, and A chain's a terrific back, but Arkansas's got a terrific back. I don't know that for all the talk about how great A and M's defense is. Look, if they go pitch a, a if they hold Arkansas to ten points or something, I'm gonna go whoa. I'll change my tune on A and M because defensively, that's that's doing something. Because no, well, and also, you know. I know it's not an apples-to-apples comparison because he's got a different team, but who's the one team that shredded Durkin last year? It was Arkansas. And frankly, listen, I mean, we all do this K.J. Jefferson thing. You can win with him, man. And But he's more accurate this year than he was a year ago. I mean, Bryles has done a good job with him. He's still not a a, a tremendously accurate quarterback, but – He's no, at, but you can win with him. You can win with him, and, and they've added some receivers. They added the kid from uh, Oklahoma. They added the kid from Georgia. They've they've got some weapons. They get they get the other running back back this week that hasn't played. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I just said, I'm with you. Pittman covers. I'm like, okay, screw it. I'll just – you're going to give me two points in a yeah, close I might, game. Yeah, you might as well, you know, whatever. I mean, okay, there's one scenario where you – yeah, just give. I'm taking Arkansas. You got any other uh, college games out there that you're betting on you, that you like? 
I think I'm going to spring the trap. I like Oregon State getting the points at home. I do too. I love that. Because if you've watched USC, it is funny. Like we made the jokes of what were they going to be this summer? And it's like, oh, there's going to be Pac-12 Oklahoma. They've literally been Pac-12 Oklahoma. They have feasted on turnovers. But teams have moved the ball on them up and down the field. It's just the turnovers have caused problems. Oregon State takes care of the ball. They run it. They're very physical. Jonathan Smith's a really good football coach. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I could be, this could be one of those ones where I was like, man, I'm an idiot. And, and like, I'll realize it like on the third possession. But I kind of, I kind of like them, man. I think they're physical. His name flies around on that Arizona State job a good bit. I mean, he's, well, he's on some uh, radar. name's been flying around there, too. Yeah. And so is Deion Sanders. I mean, there are people that act like that's going to happen. I just, if you're Arizona State, that's, a little gamble. That's a real gamble. I mean, especially when you're like part of the reason you're firing Herm is, uh, you know, the, the the lack of attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't. I'd be I'd be nervous about that. I mean, look, he's done a decent job, but that's a big step up from Jackson State to Arizona State and getting into a getting into a league where you are going to coach against legitimate programs. He uh he usually knows something. Pat Forty says uh Yeah, I was about to actually say that. LSU infractions ruling coming today at noon. Hunker down. Ooh. Wonder what that means. Here does this one did they did they actually get football and basketball separated? No one knows um if they did or not. They tried really hard. The last I'd heard was that they had failed in that endeavor. But I know it was the one thing they focused on. I mean, they, they were willing administratively to sacrifice the basketball program for the football program. Mm-hmm. Just throw it all up just, under the bus. Just, yeah, because they told the new cat from Murray State, look. Oh, they had to give him like a seven-year deal, didn't they? Yeah, it's seven years. It's completely guaranteed. And they told him there is no pressure on you to win right away. Just don't do anything stupid. Just if you'll hang in there, when the time comes, we'll be patient. We'll be patient, and when the time comes, we'll roll out all the NIL. And look, the guy's recruited pretty well. I think he's going to have a decent team. Mm-hmm. But he literally has no clock for like four or five. Yeah, they, they just told him, "Don't do anything stupid." McMahon's his name. But yeah, they, uh, I I understand that. I just always wonder, like. Yeah, I mean, like, it's easier to say, like, you know, well, we're going to be patient with you. And it's like, eh, you too. Where's this going? Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Here's the thing, though, and look, Pat Forty and I have a a past. Um, Really? If Pat Forty is telling you that to hunker down. He might know. No, like I I said, you know, when Memphis was going through this, I was like, oh, the gang's all here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I was like, oh, I've been here before. <laughs> That's just, they are <laughs> they are a posse. It's him and uh Wolken and Dodd. Oh yeah. And I, it with Dodd and Dodd's a water carrier for coaches. He'll get he'll float coaches' names for jobs like you're like, Oh, so he talked to Dennis. Yeah, also though he's kind of a water carrier for uh, the investigative staffs too. He is, yeah. Well, so well, and and that's forty. So if forty tells you it's going to be bad. Listen, it's going to be rough. I mean, 
Oh, no. Oh, oh, I believe that. My thing is, though, I want to know, is it just going to be bad for for basketball? I, I, I've said this all along, and I, I know everybody is cynical about LSU and getting away with it and all that stuff. I, I don't know how in today's environment, as PC as we are, I mean, look at the deal with um, the, the – and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm, that Tarver should, should not be tarred and feathered in Phoenix – but look at how that all kind of went down. I don't see how the NCAA can hit LSU and not hit football. And maybe there's a way to hit them where it doesn't really hurt. And in today's NIL, you can overcome scholarship losses pretty easily. But you can also, I mean, if they want to send a message about what what is and is not tolerated, LSU's sitting there as a prime example, waiting to waiting to be the example. Do they want to do that, though? That's my question. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, I don't you have a lame duck. You have a lame duck administration. You know what I mean? Like, and it feels like they're kind of waiting for Congress to save them. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, good luck. Good luck with that, because I don't think that's coming anytime soon. Do they want to do it? I mean, look, the people in that building in Indianapolis, yes, they want big scalps. That hasn't changed. If anything, they're angrier today than they've ever been because people are, I mean, let's be honest, every single program in the country is just obliterating the NIL rules. 
I mean, they are. What, what rules? I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's this standard that you can't use it for recruiting. Everybody is using it for recruiting. There's this. The, you know, there has to be a work product. I'd venture to guess among Power 5 football programs, 90% of the kids getting, quote, NIL, don't do anything for that other than play football, which means it's pay for play. And the NCAA has to be livid about it, but they can't do anything about it. So here's LSU, and they can do something about it, and they can claim a scalp, and they can flex their muscles and, and tell you, hey, look at us. We're still here. Yeah, I don't know. And then 40 uh, Well, okay, hold on, hold on. Pat writes this. Of note here, this is not the LSU case that went to the IARP involved men's basketball and football allegations. This is a separate LSU case not the mushroom cloud case that has been covered intensely, intensively. So what case is it? And yet he's saying to batten down? Hunker. Hunker so he, he, quoted, he quoted his own tweet. What other case was going on? Beats the hell out of me. You, is Musk on a tweet or anything this morning? Uh, let's see. Uh, he says, morning scene... Uh, LSU preparing for New Mexico. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nope, Matt, Matt's doing Matt. Okay. Well, that's an interesting beat down there, isn't it? Woo, boy. It used to be totally different than it is now. It's really kind of shifted. It used yeah. to they used to just terrorize you down there, but a lot of the a lot of those I'll say people a lot have of the guys on. that were terrorists <laughs> have moved on. Yeah, like Gilbo now, you know, he's more of a national slash regional guy. But like I mean, like Ross left. I mean, they had a lot of guys that were like dogged reporters and yeah. they've, oh, they've kind of moved on. Yeah, for a little while it was that was like an intense place. You you had to but not not anymore. Now it's You had to have a spine. Now it's kind of the fan thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you got today? Oh, God. Um, what is today? Today's Thursday. Uh, well, I think a lot of this depends on what's this LSU thing because, you know, Memphis has got the same case and they're supposed to get a ruling soon. So I imagine I'm going to have to figure out more about this. Yeah, sounds like it. Depending because, on what it is, but, though. I mean,. Well, I mean, to me, like the most important thing is okay. Well, if this isn't that case that Forty's referring to, what is it? Mm-hmm. And the first one said, "Hunker down." Yeah. What the hell does that mean? Hunker down to me means it's going to be like really bad. And then he comes back and quotes himself and goes, "Hey, this isn't that one." And then he says, "This isn't the mushroom cloud." So maybe he thought it was going to be that case, and then someone texted him, wherever, said, "Hey, it's not that." Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Hey, chill out, man. Yeah, this is because oh, no one's gonna understand that today. So get ready for that on the internet. <laughs> is whatever this oh, punishment God, is is going that. to be this? Oh, oh God. God! See, they got off. No different. Oh case. my God! This is gonna be insufferable. Yes, this is going to be a lack of. Are you saying that the internet's not capable of nuance? Saying context is lost occasionally. Yes. Chase. That is. Uh, by the way, uh, got the. I got a little bit of what y'all are dealing with earlier this week. My dad calls me yesterday. Well, I said game at 11. <laughs> like, I got baseball games moved for it. Why is it at 11? Well, dad, last year when Arkansas and, and Georgia played, it was a top 10 matchup. I understand it, it didn't end up being a great game. They put that bad boy at 11 a.m. Yeah, coming out of game day in Athens that day. 
They can't punt on the 11 a.m. game anymore. Big noon, big noon Saturdays change that. They have to counter program. They do, I know, and I, you, it, it, and I understand the angst, but it's it's people just will not. There are not all people. There are a lot of people that are like, I get it, I hate it, but I get it. But there are a lot of people that just think it's a damn conspiracy, and and it's not. It's just no. Here's what it is, people. Television executives are running college football. Completely. When you pay the money, it's like boosters, right? Well, let me say this. The one thing, though, that's different is, because I made this point yesterday. Could you imagine ESPN going to to uh, Father Roger Goodell and saying, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to program the NFL. Could you imagine that? Like, It is funny how they dictate college football but at the end like when it comes to the nfl like they get told what to do yeah and you know what you might be onto something there because there are a lot of people including powerful people in birmingham who firmly believe that college football needs a commissioner really a a single person there's no question it needs some form of leadership yes because it's it's just a bunch of ships kind of floating around in the water it's every man for himself yeah but look, you can't the, build. Let me say this: you can't build a league that doesn't have some type of uniform, like uniform guidance. Yeah, when when they break away, they they have to have a commissioner or a czar or whatever you want, a president, whatever you want to call it. Somebody's got to be the point person who handles all of these disputes and is the final word. It has. Well, and they have to, to have to someone that, that doesn't look like in the end when everyone starts looking out for themselves it's going to become a power situation. So whoever has the more power and more money, like they're going to get their way. Well, that's not best for the sport. That's best for that school. You know, here's the thing. Like they call it, and I do believe what I'm about to say. I think if the 11, let me bunker in here. If the 11 o'clock game started at noon instead of 11, I think a lot of the angst would disappear because NFL plays at noon There's a difference between 11 a.m. and, hey, it's noon. We're going to play at noon, kicking it off at noon, starting the day. I think that, I think there would be less angst. There would still be some angst, but there would be less angst. And people would get used to the fact that, yeah, there's a lot of big games happen at noon every Saturday. Noon, noon's a little bit of a stretch for me. But I think if you said 1 o'clock, I'd buy it. Because sure. in the end, yeah. the, big, the biggest game of the year, you know, the biggest game of the week plays at 2.30. No sure. one complains about that one. Yeah, nobody complains about a two thirty game. You're right. Noon still feels like the, but you know Notre Dame plays that one, like that one o'clock one thirty. If you told me in that range, I'm I'm with you. But what's happened, and there's no way around this. What's happened is Fox did the big noon Saturday thing, which is eleven a.m. our time, and it has worked for them. They get really. Oh, it has been. It's been one of the biggest hits in television. They get really big numbers. It has helped their pregame show, which is going up against a traditional monster, and it it's it has helped their their entire day. And they do it, and ESPN slash Disney, whatever you want to call it, looks at it and goes, "We're not just going to hand them those hours." And so they're going to put. Yeah, they're going to put good games there. You're not looking live at Champaign, Illinois anymore at 11 a.m. No, and so when Texas and OU join the SEC, and just about every week they have attractive an attractive um, catalog of games, they're going to put one of the big games at 
11 a.m. noon Eastern. They just are. Oh no, they're gonna do. They're gonna do the big game at noon. Big game at two thirty. Big game at six. at six, yep. and then maybe maybe an eight, a late game. Yep, an eight that's o'clock. That's what they're gonna do. That it, it's coming because when Texas and OU join, you're just gonna have more games, and you're gonna have more good games, and you're gonna they're gonna go to nine conference games, and they're gonna play those games at those times. That's how it's gonna be. Well, and the other thing that I think is coming, we saw it yesterday here. Missouri is gonna cancel their game with Memphis. I think you're going to see a lot of these teams that have SEC teams that have kind of games with with the you know the the topper you know the the higher end of the G5. I think those games are getting canceled. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I, I think I, I, I think what's coming is nine conference games, another Power Five game, and then they'll find the two cupcakes. I'm with you. I mean, to me, the question is: Are they going to be able to still play FCS teams or whatnot? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. Does does the G5 become the de facto FCS, or does mm-hmm. you know? I, I'm I'm curious to see how that works. I'm told the TV people uh, despise the FCS games, just well, ha- yeah, hate them, and so I I think you'll see everybody scrambling for the bottom of the barrel MAC team, the group of five, yeah. Yeah, all all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, Bowling Green's phone can't stop ringing. Oh, for sure, they'll 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 get games and they'll be able to name their price. I mean, that's what we're seeing with Kent State this year. Have you seen them? Have you seen their schedule? Yeah, I looked at their schedule for next year. Next year, they, they've had to go all around the world to get their ass kicked for a check. But they're getting big checks. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they open next year. It's like Tennessee and Georgia back to back or something like that. Yeah, it's it's hey. We've got to get this money. It's the only way we can get it. Let's go get it. Because, I mean, the Mac TV deal is going to be minuscule. What TV deal? Yeah, they won't, that's what I'm saying. It'll be some bottom-of-the-barrel streaming rights thing. To, and then whatever they get on Maxim. Yeah. So. I mean, honestly, they might be have a situation where their answer is they're just going to have to play Maxim all year round once their conference starts. Like, that might be their only their only path. It's what they should do. I mean, if you if you want to capitalize on any sort of earning potential, it's play Tuesday night, play Wednesday night, give give ESPN programming on nights that ESPN doesn't have anything. Yep, that's it. Because once you get to Thursday, you're screwed. I mean, even the Big Ten's playing a Friday game pretty much all the time now. Yeah, I mean, play on Tuesday, play on Wednesday, play a doubleheader on Tuesday. I mean, ESPN will go, okay, we'll put one on ESPN, put one on ESPN two, and. I mean, it sucks for the kids, sucks for the the kid, the students at those schools and stuff like that. But as you said, and you're exactly right, TV executives run the run the sport. Might as well get used to it. Yep. yep. Hey, buddy, thanks for the time. All right. That was Jeffrey Wright. He joins us every single Thursday uh, here at uh, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Ben Mintz will join tonight on Hand Raise Guys. Uh, Talk the college weekend ahead. We go over the football, the NFL games, as we always do. It's uh, Browns, Steelers tonight. That's correct. We'll have yes. that on. So uh, thanks to Jeffrey. That was good stuff. I'm, I'm fascinated with the LSU thing now because I have no idea what the hell they're talking yeah, I, about. I literally don't even know what case it is. I mean, I guess we could figure it out, but I'm having a hard time talking and scrolling and trying to get it. We'll, we'll look at it, obviously, when we hang up here. No, I mean, I'm seeing some comments in the stream. Look, and I'm not getting back on the 11 o'clock thing. It's, it's a logistical issue, and I think – 
it's not just a grove, it's campus, wherever you tell it. It doesn't have to be because, you know, it, the, the grove can get pretty chaotic. But a game, it's at 6.30. Okay, you get to the grove, 12.30. You're not in a hurry. You get there. That's five hours of tailgating. Game ends at 9, 9.30, whatever. Mm-hmm. You still get to midnight. Right. Technically. The game at 11, the grove closes at 5.30. So from a sheer hour standpoint, you're Why? cut. Why do they do that? Because it's three hours after a game or midnight, whichever one comes first. But couldn't they amend I, that? Well, sure. But from a fan standpoint, they can't amend it. Right. So that is part – like, it is literally a logistical thing of when the game is at 11, you've taken hours off my ability to even just get together with people on campus. Right. Because campus closes. See, to me, that's where the university ought to go. You know what? You can stay till 7. I'm sure whatever I mean. Just whatever. stay till 7. If you're still, the game ends at two thirty, and you're still tanking it up till seven, might be time to start closing it down anyway, or just walk to the square at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know all the reasons behind that. No clue, but that is part of like when people say it sucks is because they literally can't. Yeah, they have an issue. I there totally get it. I, I understand I, completely. I know everybody thinks that. We're just like reveling in it. I'm not. It doesn't matter to me. I, I go when I go when they schedule the game. I get it 100%. I'm just telling people if you talk to people in league offices and people like me do, they'll tell you when Texas and Oklahoma join, this is this is going to become the norm. I wonder why it's not, and I have no idea. I mean, maybe Keith goes, hey, here's the eight reasons, and I go, okay, I guess I get it. I don't really understand why it's not just midnight or whatever in general, and it might just be because you're having so many people drinking for such a long period of time. That's my guess is it's some sort of liability, that there's some sort of science behind it. Paying security hours after the game ends. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it's all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, too. It's more fun to tailgate. Not, and not getting hammered, just tailgating with other games going on. That's true. Yeah. Because you got TVs and stuff, and sure. you're hanging out, versus sure. the, hey, 9.30 in the morning. Oh, cool. But Have a biscuit. All I'm saying is that ESPN, Disney, sees the success that Fox has had with it, and they're not going to just surrender. It's just not the way. That's not. that. It, it's just not. And if you tell them, well, the, you're, you're screwing up the fan experience, they're – Essential response is, I don't care. They're not going to go, okay, you know what? We, we're going to give up the money. We pay for this, but we won't do it because we want the fans. No. They're thinking about the TV experience. That's it. We've talked about him a pretty good bit. There's a pretty good story in The Athletic today about how Crazy, and obviously you don't want anybody to get hurt, but two weeks has changed things for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's actually in the best situation of his career this season, giving his health, the team, and everything around him. Yes, for sure. Moment. 100%. The rest of the West seems a little more vulnerable. LA's fat and happy. Arizona's weird. Seattle sucks. It's right there a little bit for San Francisco. Well, the and- NFC in general, there's no juggernaut where you go, oh my God in hell. And so he's going to run Kyle Shanahan's offense. He looks healthy. Had some throws last week that looked like, oh, you know what? That shoulder's better now. Assuming he can stay healthy, he'll probably do fairly well. The Niners are going to have a huge decision next year. Do you run this yeah, back? what happens if he wins? Uh, they've invested in Lance. It's going to be Lance even if he wins, right? I think so. 
And so if you're Garoppolo, you just go, hey, you know what I'm going to do here? I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the good soldier. It's going to be my team. I'm going to put up numbers. I'm going to look healthy. And one of two things will happen. I'll either – the Niners will either run it back with me and put Lance as the backup again, which seems untenable, or I'm free to go. And the list of teams that would be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback is at least ten, yeah. 10 teams. Sure. At least. Everybody wants a quarterback. Well, I mean. He played in the NFC title game last year. I mean, the Giants don't have a quarterback next year under contract. It doesn't, no. doesn't look like they're going to run the, the Garoppolo. Th- it doesn't look like they're going to run with Daniel Jones. I would be giddy about him in New Orleans right now, well, the, given the defense the and the Saints, whole deal. I mean, there's, there's a list of the, the, the Panthers. The Bucks. Tom Brady's forty-five years old, mm-hmm. and you have to think this. Is no, he's got to be for a multitude. This is, so this is, I mean, we're just sitting here naming teams. Seattle doesn't have a quarterback. I mean, I doubt if they're looking at Geno Smith and going, "Oh yeah, yeah." They this have is, two. They have him and Drew Locke. There you go. Well, cliches. <laughs> um, I mean, just the list goes on. Does does Aaron Rodgers hang it up? I mean, there's just there's a, options are at least ten teams, mm-hmm. at least. And there's yeah, there's a pretty good quarterback draft. People love Bryce Young. People love Will Levis. But there aren't ten quarterbacks coming out in the draft that are ready to step in and be NFL contributors. All you gotta know about quarterback play is that going into the season, people were really bragging about the kid at Miami, Van Dyke. And then you watch him and you're like, there's no way, man. Like, I, I watched Bryce Young and I'm like, I get it. The ball did not come out of Van Dyke's hand well. No. It did not. It floated and just didn't. Yeah. It didn't look right. I mean, maybe he's hurt. It's just so hard to find one. So Garoppolo's in, assuming he can stay healthy, he's sitting in the catbird seat. Option. He's fine. Go win and then figure it out. Win, be a good soldier. Say the right thing. Well, and I was reading about Lance, the the the, the rehabilitation. He, it almost takes another year to be mobile again. Like you get to play the next year, right. but they typically protect you for a year on moving and running and different things. So then, C.J. Stroud was the name I, I was searching okay. for. Yeah, Stroud's a, an NFL quarterback. So there's there's three, and I think the jury is still a little bit out on Levis. People, what people like about Levis is just the arm talent. Dude has an absolute cannon. But his footwork sometimes gets pretty off, and he makes some mistakes. But they love his frame because I mean he looks the part. Um, a couple different things here, just sort of news and notes. I spent thirty seconds on this, but you'll see your first uh, really big change in golf from the live guys not being allowed on the PGA Tour events. The the uh, Presidents Cup starts today. And the international team, which has tons of live golf players, obviously, they are not allowed to be on the international team. So the Americans already dominate this event because it's not the Ryder Cup anywhere close to it. Well, it's going to be even worse. They are favored minus 700. Saw that. And they are favored by six and a half points um, if you had to bet on them to cover, if you will. So um, the international team average world golf ranking per player is 48.9. The American average is 11.6. Yeah. USA. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. They are not, they're harmed a little bit, but not harmed to the level that the international uh, 
team is. My, my my boy Sung Jay better be really good this week for the for the for the international team. Also, it doesn't happen very often. I'm curious to see what the price is for the uh, the Phoenix Suns going to sell. Um, that so, guy basically being forced to sell after his his issues. Um, I've seen the number as high as three billion. That is correct. Yes, they are uh, they are estimating that um, it could be three billion dollars for the Suns. So if that, we could just get to ten thousand YouTube followers, <laughs> we'd have a shot. I'm gonna buy the Suns. The Mercury comes with them. Oh, they do. It's it's together. Yeah, you okay. get you get them both. Um, another one of those instances of the team names yeah. coexisting together. Yeah. It always cracks me up when yeah. that happens. Uh, yes. The, the athletics says by all accounts, the Suns are desirable in the market, good location, weather, fans, big names like Disney CEO, Bob Iger, Amazon founder, Jeff Bezos, and others have been floated as possible bidders. And that, yeah, the current owner who is selling still will end up with about a billion dollars worth of shares after the sales. After yeah. The sale. Yeah, he's going to be all right. It felt, yeah. I'm a little surprised he didn't hang on and let the new cycle switch, but I think he realized that he was he he was going to bring down the value by himself. Yeah. And I just think he said it's not worth it. And it's he said some really bad things. I mean, you can't you can't run an organization and treat people like that. In this, oh sure, in, yeah, in, yeah. in any era, but, wrong in any era, yeah, but yeah, but, yeah. Right, but you can't do it in this era. Royals firing Dayton Moore yesterday. Talk Saw about that ball from Grace there. Saw that they won the World Series in 2015, and just haven't been able to be competitive since. Fell off the map. He had a long run though. Just something to watch. Probably fine in a couple weeks. Could play Sunday. Justin Herbert dealing with uh, a rib fracture. It's one of the games that I really like this week. I love the Jags getting seven. The Jaguars have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs because some team out of the AFC South will make the playoffs. That's just how it works. And right now they look like the best team. Colts are 0-2 or 0-1-1, and they've got Kansas City this week. The Titans have looked awful. They have looked bad. And then the Texans are, I mean, come on. They're the Texans. They're not going to win nine games. But if you told me the Jags got to nine and eight, I'd buy it. And nine and eight might win the division. You see, we're not just a bomb, but uh, the Utah State student um, threatened to blow up a nuclear reactor if Utah lost its game the other day. Oh, it seems like you're taking football a little seriously at that point. As, as I saw on Twitter, I don't think that would actually help the Utes win. Um, <laughs> Probably not. A University of Utah certainly student, not next week. Yeah, uh, a University of Utah student was arrested Wednesday after she allegedly threatened to detonate a nuclear reactor on campus if the Utes football team had lost to San Diego State over the weekend, according to radio station KSL in Utah. According to the county sheriff's department, the 21-year-old student is accused of making a threat of terrorism. She was booked and released on Wednesday. The woman allegedly posted on social media that if the Utes had lost Saturday's game, she would, quote, detonate the nuclear reactor that is located in the University of Utah, causing a mass destruction. According to a police affidavit obtained by KSL, police said the affidavit that the woman had information about the reactor and had attended classes in the same building it's located. 
Utah defeated San Diego State 35-7 to on Saturday. Yes, quarterback Whew. Cam Rising threw for 224 yards and four touchdowns. Cam Rising deserves a Heisman. He saved lives, man. I mean, think of it. Look, SEC goes, it just means more. Oh. She says, hold my beer. That, Utah lost to Anthony Richardson, and she got a little triggered over the last few weeks. Went, no, we are, <laughs> we are not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> a little extra motivation for you guys. Man, hey, Cam, this is a big game, buddy. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, they've had a they've had a had a pretty interesting uh, couple of months in the state of Utah, huh? With sports. Good grief. I mean. Whew. I mean the the BYU volleyball thing and now this. Something everywhere, and Hartwell's over here going, "Hey guys, like let's let's stop there. Let's right. go ahead." And... I'm not sure that's what he's doing right now. You think he's doing something else? Hmm? I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, heard that. Pretty sure that his he's a little busy. He's got at least one eye looking east. Does he? Yeah. I heard that. You surprised that story didn't get more juice? The BYU thing nationally. Um... Should it have or am I surprised? Two different things. Well, it should have. It definitely course. should have. Are you surprised that it did not? To an extent, but I'm not surprised by anything in media anymore. So it's really hard to completely surprise me in anything. But yeah, no, look. It's, it's the way things happen. It is the most frustrating, most is hard word. It is a very frustrating thing in journalism in media and everything else that you blow things up when they happen. You aggregate like a son of a bitch. You don't do any original reporting and you cause tangible repercussions in so mm -hmm. many negative ways. And then when it ends up being not factual or definitely at least to the extent that you reported it, it just didn't happen. It is going to be swept under the rug on page 13 B with a <laughs> retraction. I mean, cause to the best of my knowledge, South Carolina has not rescheduled the game with no, BYU. they haven't. Here's what's interesting to me about this. And and look, I admit I'm kind of old school. You deal with me all the time. Sometimes a story doesn't sound right. Yeah. And my instinct would have been, hey, are we sure? Like, you know, like when you're covering a coaching search, right? And someone says, hey, uh, I heard so-and-so inquired about it. And you're like, oh, God, that'd be an awesome headline. But there's a part of you that goes, that doesn't sound right. And you kind of ask around a little, and you're like, no, that's not really what happened. Here's what kind of happened. And you just kind of let it go. In today's world where everybody walks around with one of these, right? Sure. Everybody's essentially a reporter. When you hear that there was a volleyball game between Duke and BYU in a packed arena, they get like 4,000 people for their volleyball games. Yeah. Good for them, by the way. And you hear that someone is yelling that word mm -hmm. every time that the uh, one of the uh, the black players for Duke serves, and she apparently served multiple times. Okay, you hear that, and you're like, okay, well, two things: nobody around, nobody around that person was like, hey, man, come on. Or that nobody said, hey, I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get my phone out, I'm gonna film this. That would have been my first question. So there's no, is there audio of this? Is there video of this? In today's world where you can't do anything without videos yeah. and phones. I would have said, where's the video? Because if there's video of this, this is a huge story. And I can put the video with the story and go, boom. Right, and go cool. boom. It's a click monster. Sure. But 
somebody should have said, we need to see this. Did anyone corroborate this? And when the answer was, well, no, I would have said, okay, let's work on this story. The New York Times, with all their resources, they should have put two reporters on a plane to Salt Lake City and said, go find it. Go talk to people who were there. Find the video. Find the proof. This is a big story. In some ways, our country is paper of record. Yes, this is a big story. Go find it. And then... Here's the part that's real that, that that's even more disappointing. When you find out that, hey, this may not have happened. Not only this may not have happened the way it was said, this may not have happened at all. Why do you not then go, wait a minute? Why did you make this accusation? What what motivated this accusation? Who motivated who who inspired you to make this this accusation? Let's let's dig into that angle. That never happened. But instead. It, it's allowed to become fact, even though it wasn't fact. I would assume that there is a large majority of the country who still believes it 100% happened the way it was reported because There's that's no doubt. what was allowed out there. There's no doubt about it. And so it's a stain. On, I mean, I, I keep waiting for BYU to come out and go, hey, this is, this is unforgivable, what you've done to us. And also, that's another thing, right? That's true. BYU hasn't done a ton, have they? I mean, no. I say they reinstated the student. They reinstated okay, the student. They came out and they defended their program and all that stuff. But they didn't go after Duke. They didn't go after the young lady. They didn't say, hey, this is absolute l- lunacy. Uh, that's the other thing. Like, if you tell me, hey, this happened at Texas Tech. Okay. I'm like, okay. But BYU? Kind of like, I don't know, man. That doesn't pass the smell test. And I've never been to BYU, but it, I... I have this image of BYU as the kids there are pretty well behaved. They're not out partying. They have a kind of an honor code, an ethics code. It does it just didn't pass the smell test. And sure enough, it was completely incorrect. And yet it should be I, I said this the other day, it should be day one journalism one oh one. Day one. And it's what gets missed so much is it's not about even, I mean, it is to a point because, I mean, yes, you should not lie. You should not make crap up that has effects on so many people and organizations and everything else. But what people keep missing is it also lowers the impact and the legitimacy when somebody does make one of these claims sure. that is correct. Sure. You go, yeah, but what about Smollett and this guy and this and this and this and this? And, and it would take that Duke out. Duke lacrosse. Where you have to punish the hell out of people who actually do do these things had it been correct. Well, this is my and thing. people who make up things like this had it been correct. The people at Duke should be sensitive to this. It literally happened yeah. 10 years oh, ago or whatever true. to their lacrosse team. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the DA tried to put half the damn lacrosse team in prison Yeah, for something that just didn't happen. You'd think they'd be a little sensitive to it. No, we just we stand by our student athletes. But it's 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 mind boggling, really. It shouldn't be. And I as cynical as I naturally am, and as much as I despise what's happened to our country the last couple of years, I I shouldn't be surprised. Well, I, mean, but I haven't I read was. well, I haven't read this story, but funny you say this. I just Googled because I was looking up the schedule. The Raleigh News and Observer, 22 hours ago. Okay. Skeptics dispute Duke volleyball players' claim of taunts, but her account still rings true. 22 hours ago. How does her account still ring true? It's behind a paywall. I have no idea. I mean, they've gone and pulled the video. They've pulled the audio. They've talked to 
the majority of the people that were at the game, the match, whatever it's called, no one would corroborate it. Her Duke teammates didn't corroborate it. I don't know. Felt like there should be more discussion of that nationally. The Gainesville Sun, of all people, the only other place where anything's been written in the last week during a Google search. And he starts as a column, I guess. He starts with, Don Staley has a secret she needs to tell the world. South Carolina's basketball coach apparently knows what really happened in a BYU Duke volleyball match a couple weeks ago. It turned out to be a lot more than a volleyball match, blah, 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 blah. Staley canceled, blah, blah, blah. It'd be nice to know what her research discovered because BYU's investigation turned up squat. Somebody needs to be held accountable, but who? Duke's Rachel Richardson either perpetuated a, perpetuated a hoax or BYU allowed an unruly racist to rain down inwards on a visiting player, blah, 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 blah. Basically pointing out that Staley has made a lot of decisions without actually having to say anything or prove it in any Shocker. Way. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what the column's about. So, yeah. I don't know why Raleigh is – yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't get to it. I don't have a subscription to the Raleigh News and Observer. Well, I don't want you to have to pay for one of those right now. That seems pointless. <laughs> that seems a little – Yeah. We're off the Dave Doran watch, I think. Oh, are we? I think so. You think so? Think Attendance, so. by the way, was 5,507 for that game. 5,507 people packed into a, a volleyball gym. I'm going to guess that's a pretty tight crowd. If someone was yelling the N-word repeatedly, something would have happened in the moment. In the moment. I've zeroed out of that. You think if you went to a volleyball match at, at, at Ole Miss, okay, 5,000 people that you crammed into, let's say you did it in the pavilion, all right? Mm-hmm. If someone was yelling the N-word at pick a team that's playing Ole Miss, Tennessee, at Tennessee's server. How many times do you think that person could yell that word before something happened to that person in the crowd? Once or twice. No more than twice. Yeah. There would be, there there would be a visceral commotion. There would be a visceral reaction. Right. So this happens at, at a school like BYU and nothing happens. All the people around just sit there and go, Oh yeah, just watching the volleyball game. Oh, how about that? N-word. I don't believe that. Common sense tells me that didn't happen. Nothing. It's not a political bent. Nothing. Common sense tells me that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. What would my reaction be if I'm sitting at a volleyball game and the person behind me yells the N-word at a player down on the court? I would turn and say. turning around saying Immediately saying, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. You can't. You don't. You need to get out of here. At a minimum, yeah, everybody's getting reaction. ushers. I mean, it's, yeah, it's the, a the it's second, a, it's the, 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 yeah, literally, sure. the, the, the first time it happens, I'm going and getting security. It's a word you can't say. Everybody knows that. So you're telling me that 5,507 people at, uh, at at a game in um, a match in is that Provo? Provo. They were all just oblivious to that reality. Every one of them. Nobody said stop. It's not possible. It's literally, it just – but the New York New York Times just said, oh, yeah, we're going to run with this. Well, and apparently Raleigh today. I mean, yesterday. Going to go with it. 
kind of stunning. Yeah. Um, we've got a lot coming to you guys today on uh, on the network, on the site. Uh, by the way, we're kind of on recruitment, a little bit of a commit watch with basketball. Josh Hubbard, the uh, four-star guard out of uh, Madison Ridgeland Academy. I think he's technically from Madison, but whatever. Um, I, I think I think it's Ole Miss. Okay. Don't know it. We've got content sort of ready to go in the event that it is. If it's not Ole Miss, it's probably Mississippi State. Um, I talked to his dad yesterday, really impressive guy. So uh, we, we're watching for that. The, that announcement is supposedly coming at one thirty today. It's when the press conference begins, so the announcement sometime thereafter. Um, I have Mind on My Money, brought to you by Pinnacle. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. That's coming to you at uh, – we're taping it at 10.30. I'll get it up in the podcast feed hopefully by noon. Taping Butcher versus the Spin Instructor this afternoon. Presented by LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. That's going to hopefully uh, turn around and go live on our YouTube stream at uh, 6.30. Um, we've got um, Pete's Pigskin Preview, previewing uh, Tulsa at Ole Miss. It was fantastic last night. We taped it. Um, it's not fantastic because of me. Pete did a great job. So he broke down film of uh, the Georgia Tech Ole Miss game. He'll show you what happened on a lot of the successful plays. He'll also show you a couple of negative plays that might be the reason that this quarterback thing's not over yet. So he breaks that down for you, and then he takes a look at Tulsa. He has a film from Tulsa's game at Cincinnati last season. Really good stuff. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. That's going to debut at 5 o'clock. It's brought to you by Walk-On Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine. Po' Boys Gumbo, Voodoo Shrimp, plus fan favorites like Juicy Burgers, Fresh Salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Visit them today in Oxford or uh, Ridgeland, speaking of Ridgeland. And then we'll have hand-raised guys tonight at 7. So if you're uh, getting off work a little early today, uh, about 3 o'clock, McCready and Siski, we're going to tape an hour later than we usually do. They'll have a live stream for that. That usually goes till about 4.30. Then at 5, you'll have uh, Pete's show. At 6.30, you'll have uh, Spin Instructor and The Butcher. And then at 7, you'll have us again with Hand Raised Guys. Ben Mintz will join us. Hand Raised Guys presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Same great names. I mean, same great products, just different names. Same great services. Get in touch with them. Uh, if you are in the Oxford, Tupelo area, call the people at Comer. If you're in the Memphis, DeSoto County area, call the people at Southern. And we'll take your calls in the second hour or so on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. So that coming up here later today. Uh, again, tons of stuff, herbalgrove.com and more. Appreciate all the uh, <laughs> statements in the thread. Uh, everybody talking. Appreciate that. Jeffrey, for his time every Thursday, he has a packed Thursday, and he finds ways to give us about 45 minutes each Thursday. So appreciate him, as always, for what he does for the program. So hope you have a great day. Go to rebelgrove.com in the meantime, and we'll talk to you tonight. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.